Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney. This is episode number 48 of the Head to Head Podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about Red Sox rookie second baseman Michael Chavis and Red Sox all-star second base legend Dustin Pedroia. Michael Chavis is maybe one of the few bright spots of the Red Sox this season. Right now, they're about three games above 500. They're not what they used to be last year. They were a 108-win juggernaut, and albeit they have not been that interesting this year at all. I haven't been that super into the Red Sox, but I am super into two people on the team that are connected, even though not enough people are talking about it, Michael Chavis and Dustin Madroya. For those of you who don't know the story about Michael Chavis, he's one of the Red Sox top prospects. He was suspended for an entire year for substance abuse issues. He claims it wasn't performance enhancing, but who knows the real truth? I mean, a ton of people are lying about that kind of thing. This year, because guys like Brock Holt and Eduardo Nunez have not provided good enough hitting for the position at second base, Michael Chavis has been given a chance. And in, what, 27 games this year, he has 10 home runs. He broke the record from fastest second baseman to 10 home runs that was broken last year by Glaber Torres. This is the Red Sox version of Glaber Torres. This guy hits mountains of home runs. He is a slugger if I've ever seen it. He's also enjoyable to listen to in interviews. He is the most interesting person on the Red Sox. He has an actual personality where some of the other guys are clearly lacking. Mookie Betts is the best player. He's boring. Xander Bogarts, he's kind of boring. Michael Chavis has the slugging ability and the pop. He's probably the second most interesting player on the Red Sox to Andrew Benintendi this year. I enjoy Benintendi's interviews. But Michael Chavis this year has been the key reason to watch the Boston Red Sox. He's hit, at one point this season, he had five of their longest home runs. A rookie had five of the longest home runs on the Red Sox in a team that has Mookie Betts and JD Martinez who are not shy with their power. He had all five of their longest home runs. Whether that means anything to you or not, it means he is simply entertaining and he is fascinating because his, his, him being suspended almost adds drama to what's happening here. Is he for real? Is, I mean, the, there's so much mystery behind him, really. I don't know that much about him, but the few times I've heard him speak and the few times, the many times I've seen him bat now, he, he has a pretty good eye and he, he's, the ball travels off the bat of Michael Chavis. And in the season where they've started off lackluster spring training style and their pitchers have been almost awful, he's been one of the very few bright spots. But he is connected to one player in particular that I think really makes him interesting. Due to the fact that Michael Chavis plays second base, he is connected to Dustin Pedroia and whether or not we are ever going to see Dustin, Dustin Pedroia be the Red Sox second baseman again? And my answer to that question is no. I don't think we will. I don't think Dustin Pedroia will ever be given the chance to be an everyday regular player on the Red Sox again. And I know that's a big leap of faith to trust Michael Chavis in 27 games and two backwards from Dustin Pedroia. But in years past, when Dustin Pedroia has been injured, there has not been a clear candidate to take his job. 
Last year, it was Kinsler, but we never thought Kinsler was the next second baseman for the Red Sox. We never thought Nunez was the next second baseman for the Red Sox. Brock Holt made an all-star game one year when Pedroia was hurt, and we never thought he was the next second baseman for the Red Sox. There is now a clear candidate to replace Dustin Pedroia in the years to come at the second base position. This is the Dustin Pedroia who won Rookie of the Year. This is the Dustin Pedroia who the next year won an MVP. This is the Dustin Pedroia who has four gold gloves. He is clearly the second best Red Sox second baseman ever to Bobby Doerr. And I was a a big fan at one point. But it's really an interesting career for Pedroia. He was once on this clear path to Hall of Fame magic. I don't think he's going to go anywhere near the Hall of Fame at this point. He's suffered too many injuries. And frankly, his two best years in the major leagues are his first two years. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. He's been a 300 hitter most of his career. He's an excellent defender. I just thought we were going to get more of that MVP type Pedroia year after year after year, and we never quite got that. And maybe my expectations on him were too high, but there were the expectations that at the end of his Red Sox run, he was going to be the best second baseman in Red Sox history. And he is so clearly not. And I know that's due to injuries, and I know that's harsh. But the fact that Michael Chavis is here, hitting home runs, being interesting, being one of the only few players who has been better than what I expected. I mean, most players on this team right now are what I expected or worse. He's the one shining new star on this team. I mean, Rafael Devers has had moments this year, but Michael Chavis is clearly uh, the bright spot for the Red Sox right now. Michael Chavis is going to be Dustin Bedroia's replacement if he keeps going this way. It's not enough people are talking about this is the end of the Pedroia run. This is the definitive end. In years past, again, did anyone ever think Eduardo Nunez, even though he's a good hitter, was ever good enough defensively to replace Pedroia? No. Ian Kinsler was good enough defensively, but we knew the Red Sox weren't going to re-sign him. They, they kept opening the door for Pedroia to be come back. Now, the door seems to be definitively closed. There is a young guy, he is slugging, he plays good enough defense to replace the laser show, Dustin Bedroya. I don't think I'm breaking any news here by, by proclaiming this on a podcast, but I do think not enough people are talking about this fact. This guy, when you bring him up to Alex Cora, you can see him visibly be upset talking about the recovery for Dustin Bedroya. The Red Sox has almost become tired of talking about Dustin Madroya and his comebacks. I remember year after year after year, Dustin Madroya coming back from an injury too quickly and not being the same player he was when he came back. This is him not coming back at all. He hasn't played a hundred games in the majors. In this will be his third straight year of not doing that. He has two or three more years on his contract. If I were the Red Sox, I would outright release him. I I would go to Pedroia first and be like, I need you to retire. I need this to happen. This reminds me of what was happening with David Wright and the Mets. David Wright is an all-time Met. He might be the best Met of all time, but it became a miserable experience for former teammates and the Mets organization to talk about David Wright. It is now a miserable situation for the Red Sox and his former team. He's not even connected to the teammates on this team. His biggest moment with his teammates on this team is him 
proclaiming that it wasn't his fault in the Manny Machado bout with Matt Barnes. So I don't even think he has very close teammates on this team. He feels zero connection to this team. This isn't the Kev- his team is the Kevin Euclid's, the Mike Lowell's, the Dustin, the, the David Ortiz, the Manny Ramirez, the Julio Lugos. They're all gone. The J.D. Drews, they're all gone. The guys he he was close with are gone. Now there are funny stories this year of Dustin Madroya trying to help Eduardo Rodriguez pitch better. Like, I don't need Dustin Madroya there to be a mentor to my pitchers. What I need him there is to play good defense and hit 300. And at this point in his career, he is not able to do that. And Michael Chavis isn't able to do that either. But he's able to slug 10 home runs in 27 games and be an interesting character. And that's about all I need from my second baseman right now. The Red Sox no longer need their second baseman to be their best player. They just need a guy to fit a role. And Michael Chavis can do that and Dustin Poirier. Dustin Pedroia cannot. And it has nothing to do with his legacy. It's maybe one of the sadder things about sports is the rise of Pedro- the rise of Michael Chavis is signaling the end of Dustin Pedroia. Literally, probably, most likely, Dustin Pedroia is never going to get the chance to play regularly in the major leagues with the Boston Red Sox ever again. And this is what, a three-time champ, even though the third one he had literally nothing to do with. It's sad, but he's not connected to this team the way he was. I, again, I don't. Th- it doesn't feel like he's close to any of his teammates. When they, when Alex Cora has to talk about his recovery time, it seems like a miserable experience for all. It should end the same way the David Wright experience ended. Let Pedroia play one or two more games, have an at bat or two, and call it a day. Maybe even settle his contract or something. I don't, I don't know if Dustin Pedroia needs the money, to be honest. And I get it. He's the ultimate competitor. He's laser show. He wants to hit 300. He wants to play solid defense. He wants to come back for his team. This isn't the same team. This isn't the same moment. And he's not the same guy. And that's father time beating another athlete. Listen, I'm, I've been up and down in my Dustin Pedroia fandom. I've rooted for him hard at times in those first two years. And then after that, I kind of lost his luster. I mean, he's always been a solid defender, though. And he's probably the best defensive second baseman I have ever seen. But at this moment of time... I mean, in years past, I always thought he was going to make the comeback because, again, Eduardo Nunez isn't taking the job. Brock Holt isn't taking the job. Ian Kinsler isn't taking the job. Well, Michael Chavis is a top prospect, and unless the Red Sox trade him for pitching, I don't think they're going to do that, by the way. This is the guy who's going to take his job. There's never been a clear candidate to be the next guy. Well, right now, there is a clear and solid candidate to take Dustin Pedroia's former position, and it's Michael Chavis, who is not the best defender at second base, but he's solid enough, and if he's going to hit 10 bombs and be an interesting person, guess what, Pedroia? It's probably time to move on. It's really interesting to look back on Pedroia's career and see that there were moments when he became the underdog. Then he became the clear leader of the team, kind of the captain-esque after the whole beer and chicken fiasco. And now it's the end. Like he's seen the end. And this probably isn't the end that he wanted it to be. And it's sad for athletes to see that. David Ortiz's ending is probably the best in Red Sox history, but there are so many bad endings like David Wright's and 
guys like that than there are the David Ortiz endings. Not everyone gets to go out like Derek Jeter on their own style or Mariano Rivera. Some guys go out stinging. One of my favorite baseball players of all time is Jorge Posada. He didn't go out good. Dustin Pedroia, he's one of the Yankees' best catchers ever. It didn't end well for him. Same is happening with Dustin Pedroia. He's the second best second baseman in Red Sox history, and it's not going to end well. Because even though Alex Cora wants that Dustin Pedroia that used to be there, that used to be his teammate in 2007, but what he doesn't want is to answer question after question of when this guy is coming back. Because the answer is, that guy is never coming back, but Alex Cora cannot say that. he can. Even when Dustin Madroia was seemingly healthy this year, he wasn't even half the player he was before. It's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the laser show ever again. Like many of those other guys who were his teammates, they didn't all end great either. Kevin Euclid went from MVP real fast, done. Mike Lowell, done. Well, he had a longer career than Pedroia is going to have, it seems like. But, I mean, some of these endings aren't what the, the player's legacy ultimately is. Dustin Pedroia is a top 50 Red Sox player ever. I mean, I don't know what category you put him in. He's won MVPs. He's won Rookie of the Years. He's up there. He, he's Fred. Maybe he's closer to Fred Lynn than he is to Yaz. You know what I mean? Like a guy who sparked really fast and soared really quickly. But this is a guy who wasn't projected to be this. This is a guy who almost lost his job to his manager. Now, Alex Gora almost replaced Dustin Madro- People wanted Alex Cora to be the starting second baseman on the 2007 Red Sox to start the year over Dustin Pedroia. This is a guy who's always been an underdog style guy. But then he became the favorite and now he's back to being... Listen, I... I think it's the end. I don't know it's the end, but it sure feels like it's the end for Dustin Pedroia. I mean, just have him come back. The injuries, I don't want to see Dustin Pedroia hit 250. I'm sorry. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it because I'm used to the 300 batting average guy who plays stellar defense and who makes game-winning plays and game-winning hits. And if we get a 250 Pedroia who hits four homers and 50 RBIs, I mean, I, the saddest moments this year for the Red Sox were when they were DHing Dustin Pedroia just to get him in there. I mean, he's not a trinket. He's one of the best players in franchise history, no matter what you think about him. He is up there. I mean, I have a really close connection to that 2007 Red Sox team where I saw Pedroia and Ellsbury and those guys come of age in front of my eyes. It's when I fell in love with the game of baseball. I have a close connection with those people. Don't use them as trinkets. Don't bring back Pedroia as a DH for a game just so that I can see him. That's maddening to me. He is one of the best second basemen ever. Him and Ellsbury, I saw rise to the top. I have a close connection to those players. And seeing them both come out this way is hard to watch. I mean, Ellsbury getting the money with the Yankees and then not being able to play most of the years there due to injuries hurts me. It hurts my soul to see these guys struggle because they were my guys. My connection, my favorite baseball team to watch is the 2007 Red Sox because they brought it every single day and those two guys rose to the occasion and became world champions and they became great, great players and they are two of the top 10 players of their position of the Red Sox. Ellsbury is definitely a top top five center fielder for the Red Sox, and Pedroia is definitely a top second baseman 
for the Red Sox and for them to be replaced. And it, it hurts to watch. It hurts. Ever since Ellsbury left, it's hurt. And to see the end of Pedroia end like this, it hurts. It just does. I enjoy Dustin Madroya, the player. And Michael Chavis is entertaining. I will never have the connection to Michael Chavis as I do to Dustin Madroya. That's the truth. Even though I have ups and downs with Madroya, I will never feel as strongly for Michael Chavis, even though he hits 10 home runs, even though he's interesting. I will never have that connection to him as I had with Dustin Madroya. It's the truth. It's the truth of the matter. I will never feel as strongly for Michael Chavis' career as I have for Dustin Madroya. I will never defend Michael Chavis in the way I have defended or been against Pedroia. I will never feel as strongly for players as I do for that likes of Euclid, Pedroia, Ellsbury, Ortiz, Manny, those were my guys, and to see some of those guys end in a horrific way with injuries and not being the same guys and having them come back and not perform, that hurts to watch. That's the hardest part of being a sports fan. And Michael, and maybe one of the best parts of being a sports fan is when those guys end, there are new beginnings. Michael Chavis is interesting to watch, and there is a new fan base, a younger me out there, who is seeing Michael Chavis, and for some people... Michael Chavis will be their guy. It's the ups and downs of sports. (laughs) I didn't mean to be this like emotional doing a podcast, but seriously, Dustin Madroya, it's ending and Michael Chavis is beginning and he has 10 home runs in 27 games, beating the record for Glaber Torres. I mean, these are two, let's talk about Glaber Torres for a second and Michael Chavis. These are two second basemen in the division. They might be the two best power hitters at the position right now in the same division. I mean, it's early to say that about Chavis, but Gleyber Torres is in a bunch of bombs for the Yanks this year. This is an exciting time for these players, but it's it's also sad to see a guy end his career this way. But Chavis, this again, I don't want to keep reiterating it, but Pedroia, whenever he was injured, there was always a door to be open. I mean, no one ever thought Brock Holt was going to lock up the position. No one ever thought Nunez was going to lock up the position. And no one ever thought Ian Kinsler was in the long-term plans for the Red Sox. There was always that door, opening the door for the savior of the laser show to come back. The laser show is ending. It's been canceled. Michael Javis is here to stay unless by some miraculous miracle the Red Sox want to trade Michael Chavis for relief help or a starter this is the end of Pedroia at that position regularly unless they move people around unless Javis is going to be a first baseman or an outfielder but even if even if the door did open again, does anyone think Dustin Pedroia could play anything more than like 30 games of baseball and that's the saddest thing even if the door was open, even if Alex Cora really wanted Pedroia to play, would he even be able to? I mean, that's the saddest thing of all. Could Dustin Pedroia even deliver playing right now? Can he, if the door's open for Pedroia, can he even play 50 games a season without getting hurt? That's the thing of all. It's like he can't even realize it's over. He has to be told it's over. I think that's the most frustrating thing to watch athletes go through is he probably doesn't even know it's the end. He thinks there is a door open if if Chavis moves to first base, if Chavis goes in the outfield. He probably thinks they could be teammates or something. But the rise of Chavis is and will be the fall of Dustin Madroya. And even though he is a top, top-tier player of his generation, he is in, in 
100, he's in the top, I don't, he's top five second baseman in this decade, I mean, there are guys maybe above him, Cano was caught cheating, so he's better than Cano, I think he's better than Kinsler, I think he's up there with the Chase Utleys, in my mind, I would put Dustin Majora in the Hall of Fame, I would, but that's because I'm a mere fan. I don't think the writers would. I mean, I've seen the ups and downs of Bedroy. I've seen the defense. I've seen the MVPs. I've seen the Rookie of the Years. His start was so great. It was like a flame, and it's just slowly the flame is out. You know, the laser show is over. It's Michael Chavis time, and Michael Chavis is really fun to watch. But it's again, it's 27 games. I make a lot about this. Would I be shocked? I would be shocked if Pedroia actually gets a chance to be an everyday second baseman again. But only time will tell. It's Michael Chavis' time. Enjoy that player. But think back on Pedroia. These two, what's great about sports, these two are connected. Whether or not you want to talk about it or not, Chavis and Pedroia are connected forever. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the Head to Head Podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And hey, check out the Chatter Podcast Network where it's the home of the Head to Head Podcast and my other podcast, movie podcast, Pop Culture Spotlight, where I talk about movies, actors, directors, TV shows, and everything interesting in pop culture. Stay tuned for that. Listen to Head to Head and Pop Culture Spotlight, and please rate, review, and subscribe to Head to Head Podcast. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 